Hey guys, I'm Mark Potter. Welcome to another episode of Brushstrokes, a podcast powered by Canvas Magazine. Guys, today's episode is brought to you by America's Print Show 2022. On August 17th through the 19th in Columbus, Ohio, the America's Print Show will bring you a three-day industry event that is focused simply on building connections and growth for the print and graphics community. It's three full days, it's 200,000 square feet of show, 21 breakout rooms, 5,000 firms represented by the industry, and 10,000 potential attendees. But the biggest thing is that it's going to be a very intimate and sincere show. It's all about getting back to the roots of our industry. Visit americasprintshow2022.com to learn more. And guys, my guests today, actually two of them, are Peter Schaefer and Jim Russell of New Direction Partners. And many of you may know about New Direction Partners. They do a lot of uh, M&A deals, mergers and acquisitions, and they've been doing it for a long, long time. But the thing about these guys is that they have tremendous insight into what successful printing businesses look like. You know, with over 20 years of experience, they've closed hundreds of deals in in printing and packaging display graphics industries. And their whole team has got like 200 years of industry experience and they've done over $2 billion worth of deals. But their value is in their insight. It's what they've learned along the ways. And, And I really kind of found it fascinating in terms of their thought process around the haves and the have nots. The people that are being successful in the moment and and the ones that maybe are lacking a bit. You know, they see that every day. They, they represent selling shareholders. They do a lot of acquisition searches, valuation services. You know, they form, form capital uh, financing and strategic planning. And in that endeavor or in those endeavors, they have come across the leaders that are making it happen and, and maybe those that aren't. And so their insight is pretty pretty fascinating to listen to. So without further ado, I want to have you guys give a listen to my conversation with Peter Schaefer and Jim Russell. What what has been the biggest change with this the last couple of years of awfulness? Jim, you want to answer or you want me to? Yeah, I would probably start at a, at a big picture level, Mark. You know, we really think the industry has become an industry of the haves and the have-nots. And, and, um, and that continues to, to grow further, uh, further apart. And the haves are the companies that are doing things that make their customers sticky. They're into the digital storefronts. They're offering a wide variety of services they're into fulfillment and kidding, and they make it very challenging for the customer to move the book of business from one company to the other. They're selling solutions, they're not selling print jobs. And, and those are the companies that really have uh, the strong future. And those are the companies that in our world demand the most when they go to sell their business and they're gonna get a premium when they're, when they're trying to sell. And they have nots, you know, clearly the opposite of that. Still older equipment, not investing in technology, um, 
not doing things to making to to make the business sticky and they're still you know selling a job at a time and a quoting and hoping so to speak so right. um, you know at a big picture level that's that's what we see yeah peter you see the same. i would just add yeah. mark that those companies the haves even during these crazy times as you said can be absolutely flourishing right now we have we sold a company just a few months ago that was is completely one-to-one customized direct mail they don't do any static campaigns it's all one-to-one driven and for years their profitability margins were by far the highest that we've seen in the industry so differentiated so when we went out to market the company you can imagine people were lining up for it because they want that differentiation so differentiation is just a real way today to get that customer stickiness and loyalty and that's when you do decide to sell or you just look at your PL, you're going to be very happy with right. the results. Right. It's interesting because, you know, you, you, you're talking to experts in mergers and acquisitions, but really because you're involved in that, you've got to see the intricacies of what works, right? You've been, you guys are able to comment on what make the haves, the haves and the have nots. And so, um, two things I'd like to delve a little deeper into. So when you look at um, the strategic part of it, are they going, do you think the haves have decided to go deeper with their current clients? I mean, it's that old, that's that old adage that, right? It's, it, it, or, or are they spending their time trying to acquire? No, the, the haves are the companies that, really have decided they're not in the print business anymore. They're in the communications business and they need to provide all the services that you need to be an effective communications company. And when you do that, when you go omni-channel, when you get uh, data analytics and you track the ROI on campaigns, that's what gets you deeper with the customer and gets you sticky. The other thing that the really successful haves are doing, um, which 15 years ago was not the case, is their solution selling. They're going out, not meeting with the print buyers, they're meeting with the C-level suite where they're finding out the pain points of the customer, developing solutions just for that customer. And that's what makes you dig deeper and get the loyalty and the stickiness. Right, 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 right. And Mark, I would add to that, it's interesting because you talk about the diversification of the haves. And frequently when we are meeting with these companies, a few years ago, we would say, now offset print is maybe less than 50% of their revenue. Today, I'd say it's probably even 30% or less of their revenue. Mm-hmm. And their revenue is coming, you know, to Peter's point, they're not really printers anymore. That may be the roots of the business, but they're really marketing companies and they're providing much more than just offset print. 
right? And so in that vein, so that's interesting, right? So we wanted to talk a little bit about revenue streams. You know, we can talk about the details of what makes a company ripe and some of the details of putting stuff together. But as you look at that, what's your educated opinion on the new revenue streams that the haves are pursuing? What are the most ripe revenue streams and what do you think is potentially a big opportunity? Well, I, I would say the ones pursuing a solution selling approach again, that that is just a great revenue stream for companies within this industry, because once you get one and you can leverage off those successes, then you can go out and get other clients by leveraging off those successes. Along that same vein, I would say a great um, way to grow that we've seen being done more and more successfully in the last few years is companies that target industry verticals. And, you know, we always say target the high growth industries like healthcare or education or technology. But frankly, we've seen some companies have tremendous success targeting industries like the airline industry or the hotel industry, not high growing industries. But again, once you get a customer within that vertical and you can demonstrate success, it's very easy to bring on other customers because they want to emulate that success. Right, right. And from a product standpoint, Mark, they're really focused. They should be thinking about products that are not um, uh, discretionary spends. And so when the economy dips, you know, the companies that did real well during COVID, labels, packaging, you know, the um, transactional printing, the, these, these things still had to get produced, still had to get printed. And, and so those companies, many of them didn't see a dip, or if they did see a dip, was much smaller and much shorter lived um, than traditional commercial printing. So you know, we see a transition to folding cartons, to folding, uh, to labels, um, Clearly, you know, fulfillment and distribution are all things that are that the, the successful companies are moving toward. Yeah, that's Mark, really- I just I just yeah. yesterday talked to a um, digital printer that special it, it is an industry vertical. It's in healthcare, and they went through COVID. Twenty twenty one was there. Twenty twenty they grew double-digit growth, 2021, double-digit growth. They didn't even have a blip uh, during COVID. And it, it's a printing company. It, it, it is mostly digital, but it's also offset. And uh, they just had tremendous growth. Yeah, that's crazy. And, and but it's really interesting because you guys, um, here we are, you know, people think, oh, mergers and acquisitions and, you know, these guys, but, but your perspective on, on the halves, what's working? Because you you guys get to see that, it's 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 really compelling, right? You're talking about products that are sticky, right? Mm-hmm. That's what Jim was just talking about. That stuff that that is not discretionary spend. But then Peter, you're talking about strategically 
something that is near and dear to my heart is, is, you know, you call it verticals or whatever, but I've always felt like printers needed to get involved uh, in, in building communities or like you say, verticals or segmentation, whatever you call it, that, you know, they've always been selling product, right? There's the old adage that, oh, uh, who do you sell print to? Well, anybody who will buy it. But that doesn't work because you don't really mean anything to them. So it's not just sticky, as Jim says, on the products. It's sticky on on the verticals and saying, start defining yourself by the people that you serve. Is that is that what you're seeing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Without a question. We have one client in, in uh, specifically and this is a valuation client, it's not an M&A client, and they've been a client for years. And they have had tremendous success. They don't even consider themselves a printer. They target industries, and they probably have now six or seven industry verticals. And that, that's where they're getting their growth. And it's, it's an incredibly successful company. And when they look, speaking of acquisitions, when they look at acquisition candidates, they don't look at the, what type of presses do they have? Or is it digital? Is it offset? It's who are the customers? What industry are they in? And, and we did a deal with them where the only reason they bought our client is because of their number one, our client's number one account was in a vertical that they wanted to target. Interesting. Interesting. Are they put to look at it, but very successful. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that leads me to, so are they, did, are they putting people in charge of those verticals? Right. It yeah, used to be the old, the, the old print salesperson went out and, you know, grabbed yeah. the sam- his or her samples. And, and so, but do you see these people going, no, 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 you are, you're right here. This is your this lane. This is a very progressive company and they have within their headquarters pods of different industry verticals with people that specialize in that vertical. So yes, it, it's very successful and, and they grow every year. And the have nots, they could learn this, can't they? They, they can. I, I would argue the have nots uh, made a decision a few years ago to that they, for whatever reason, were reluctant to stay abreast of the technology changes. And they, they don't necessarily view themselves as have-nots, but right. in essence, that's what they are. And, and I think it's very interesting because literally for a couple of years, maybe even five years, different segments within the industry, um, we've seen the migration towards from traditional offset to digital or inkjet and in some segments, the migration has been slow. So the have-nots have actually done fine. And, and frankly, in many cases, as well as the haves, because they haven't been making those investments, but it is catching up to them. Yeah. And now they feel they're behind. And what we're seeing quite often is the have-nots want to become a part of a have. And instead of trying to start at scratch and do it, they're selling to yeah. have. What about the, um, the leadership? What do you guys see in, in terms of the, the people, right? You, you, uh, clearly there's a difference. I mean, you can talk about, well, look, obviously these people are invested, but 
what do you what do you think it boils down to in terms of the haves leadership versus the have-nots leadership? I mean, you see it every day, right? I mean, what are the differences? You, you want to take tackle that, Jim? You want no, to- I I think one is the haves are innovators. They you know they think outside the box. They are as Peter said earlier, solution selling, but that's a mindset. I mean, we could all say we're selling solutions, but, but that's really a mindset. It's a, um, it's a commitment, you know, to pass up the quick gain by grabbing this order over here and staying in your lane and focusing, you know, on where you want to take the business. And you can't, you know, can't turn, turn on a dime when you're going to do that but you got to stick to your guns. And, and so there's, it really comes down to leadership. And then those companies, generally speaking, um, develop a management team that's very supportive. It's, it's not just the one you know, hit, uh, person that's leading the company, but they built a team around them. You know, they have to invest in technology, so they got to have a, a good technology leader. They're probably into lean manufacturing and, and efficiency in their production room. So they have a strong leadership in production mm-hmm. and they're very disciplined financially. Um, so, you know, not everyone has all of those components, but, but certainly it comes down to leadership at the top. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Mark, I'll just give you a, a live example of a company that we just talked to recently and the CEO uh, was amazed when he called me that I had heard of this company before. And he said, you know, we just are intentionally under the radar. So he was surprised. It's a large company, so it it was not rocket science to us. But um, when you talk about the different players in his segment of the industry, he doesn't even know them. He's not focused on his competitors. He's not focused on the equipment. He's focused on his customers. And per Jim's point, the solution selling organization starts at the top and Mm -hmm. it it emanates from the top. And this individual is just an incredible solution selling organization. And it starts with him, but he can tell you everything about his customers, but he can't tell you much about his competitors because they're just not, he's not worried about them. Right, right. How about um, how about demographically? Are they? Do you find that the haves are younger? Do you, or do they have a? Uh, is are there is there a succession plan? Right. Or, or I mean, so I'm I'm getting to motivation, right? So you deal with people who are like, I gotta get the hell out of this business or whatever, and so and right. So uh, let's face it, there are some of that. You obviously come across that, but but do you find that okay, that person, if you really dissected it, it's one thing to say, yeah, they're just selling product. They're not really focused. They're focused too much on their competitors and 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 blah blah blah. But do they have the motivation? Is there a legacy they're seeking? Do you see a difference there? I would say that when you look at the have-nots that are selling today, predominantly, it's going to be owners that are in the stage of life that they are thinking of transitioning to retirement. Okay. And, and frankly, when they 
think about it, they feel that making those investments, it's going to take a long time for it to pay off. So many of them recognize this and say, well, I totally should be selling my company right now because I'm not the best steward for the business because of my stage of life. So they'll want to sell to somebody that is willing to make those investments. But that is not always the case. One of the examples that we talked about earlier today, uh, where it's one of the most differentiated companies we've ever seen, the owners are approaching 70 and they just love the business. They love going to work and they're, they're investing back in the business year after year. So it's certainly not always the case. Right. Yes. Yeah. I, I would just echo that, 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 the have nots or the haves, there's not really an age, you know, separator, like you mentioned. It's not just the younger people. And we're painting with a broad brush here. I would say the people that sell the solution printing, though, tend to be younger. It's hard to train that salesperson that's been in print for 40 years mm -hmm. to go out and sell solutions. His company may have changed and he or she may not have changed. So the people selling the solutions are probably younger. Right, right. The legacy salesman's still out selling the way he always has, and he's going to retire doing that. Yeah. It's really, really compelling. You guys have a really great vantage point, right? It's not just, hey, I can help you get rid of the business or put these together. I mean, it really is you guys have a unique perspective because you get to look under the hood, so to speak. Yeah. And, and um, you know, and I want to ask you, go ahead. Can I just share one more example that you may find relevant? Is sure. It sounds like, you know, to be a have, you have to be creative and have a lot of unique ideas. I will say there's a company I've worked with that it surprised me because from the outside, people would say they, they can't be making much money. They're selling to the trade and they're only selling offset print. But we worked with this company recently and they knew their business and they ran lean and mean and they stayed in their lane. And, you know, and they had all new equipment, no debt, all paid for. But because they knew their market and knew what they were doing, they didn't get distracted by other things. And it was a balance sheet that almost any printer would have been very proud of. Um, so I, I just throw that out as an example of a company that didn't go off and do a whole bunch of new stuff, but they knew what they were good at. They stayed in that lane and making money that most printers would be very envious of. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I, and, and, and because it still went back to the, they, like the thing that I pick up on what you said is they knew who they, their client was yeah. they, they, and, and that's it. Yeah. Right? And, and it doesn't mean you have to have every product under the sun. That's I mean, right. That certainly is, a great opportunity to be able to go deeper. But if you know who you, you know, it's one thing to say, I'm not defined succinctly by what I do. It's, it's who I serve. Yeah. And exactly. so, you know, you say that and, and that's the, still the thing that resonates. Um, 
it's really cool. And I could talk to you guys all day, but I, I want to get to a couple of this. So before I, I move on, cause I want to find, I want you guys to do a little self-serving and talk a little bit about what, what you guys do. And then I want to talk about APS, but before I do that, um, let's wrap that, this piece of it up and, and, you know, what's your, what would be your advice after the last couple of years, everything you guys have seen, if, if you were sitting and having a beer with any, any, buddy from our industry and owner um and what would be the number one piece of advice that you would give them i would say don't be afraid to reinvest back in your business uh you know whether it's whether you're a have or have not i mean that's that's kind of a loose term of course but uh there are still companies in our industry that are flourishing and uh, it's because they have not been afraid to reinvest back in the business. And, and, and I'm not trying to oversimplify it. There are a lot of printers who are still troubled because of COVID and other dynamics that have happened in the industry. So I'm not at all trying to sugarcoat it, but there are tremendous successes in our industry that can be emulated. And it starts with not being afraid to reinvest back in the business. Mm -hmm. Jim, what are your thoughts? Uh, I certainly agree with that. And I think that um, you need to look at where the industry is going. And I guess from a product standpoint, what could you invest in that's got more track life and there's maybe more barriers to entry. Can you take your commercial printing and with some investment get into folding cartons? Um, is your client base someone where you could maybe get into Flexo, which is really growing and very profitable? Um, you know, you can't, if you're still kind of an old school printer today, you can't go off in six or eight different directions. So, so, Pick the one, do some analysis, and pick the one that you're going to have the best chance of success in and, and go down that road. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I appreciate that. What um, what do you guys do? Like, I, I, I mean, <laughs> well, Jim golfs. <laughs> yeah, he's playing. I mean, that's uh, he's taking Paul Riley, and he's playing too much golf. <laughs> We're not going to let him off, but. Um, but no, seriously, I mean, your business is, uh, I mean, I'm sure it's morphed a little bit over the years, but if you said, if you narrowed it down and, and you know, I know this is a little self-serving, but, uh, and maybe we usually ask it up front, but now that you've shared some perspective and advice, I'd, I'd like to, you know, what is it that you guys are doing? Actually, I'll just add real quickly to what you said, because it intrigued me. Our business really has not changed. Since the 90s, we have been specializing in printing and packaging and primarily representing sellers who want to sell their companies for whatever reason, because the owners want to retire, the uh, owners just want to diversify, or you know maybe they just feel they're going to be able to provide better services to their customer base if they sell. So primarily we do that, but we also from time to time represent buyers as well but do you i mean is it all end up in a in a uh, transaction or are there times when you simply because you mentioned earlier valuation and just consulting if you will 
I mean, they might say, you know, I really like to get a sense of my business. I mean, do you guys do that, right? All the time. Absolutely. Okay. All yeah. the time. Yeah. And, and I, I, I would agree with Peter that the business has not, what we do has not changed, but a little bit has changed as to who we, who are doing it with. And in other words, 20 years ago, Peter made a big living in the commercial printing segment. Today, it's a much more diverse in terms of the product uh, that people are printing and producing. Uh, you know, we're getting a wide format, large format, um, uh, you know, banners, signs, fabrics, things like that. So that's different. And also the buyers are different. Um, there's private equity buyers and search funds, and there's a whole new group oh, yeah. of buyers out there uh, that weren't there 10 or 15 years ago. Right. So it's it's very interesting it is a lot of work it's funny my wife says i work more hours now than when i own my commercial printing company everybody thinks when you're working from home you're you're goofing off half the time and you know you're probably in that same boat it's not the case but uh uh so the buyers are different than who they used to be oh yeah yeah there's no separation you know when when you're uh, in this day and age you're, you're at home well, all yeah. right so if it and so People who want to reach you can reach you where? Uh, well, I would say go to our website, which is newdirectionpartners.com, and we have all our contact information uh, on there. Perfect. Yeah. So, um, and they can hear you because you guys are going to present at America's Print Show. And so, you know, we've we've been involved and we're really excited about it because there's an intimacy that is that they're trying to create. Give me, you know, the, your thoughts on, you know, why this show might be important and, uh, and then maybe tell me a little bit about what you guys are going to talk about there. Yeah. Well, I, I think that um, from everything I've learned, they've really lined up a very diverse um, group of, of um, uh, struggling for the word that presenters or, yep. yeah. And, and, and so the floor is going to be, filled with a lot of uh, diverse products, equipment. And so for the company that whether you have or have not, if you're looking to get in to some different different segments of the industry, this would be a great place to learn, to see the different equipment, to understand what it does and what it doesn't do. Uh, so I think that it's gonna be a great opportunity there. And from the presentations and the seminars, um, you know, Peter and I are talking on, on two topics. One of them will be in a way similar to today, we're going to talk about eight megatrends that are affecting the industry and, and the things that the printers can do to really you know, become a have and, and, and make your customer sticky. And then a second presentation will be um, just a state of the M&A and, you know, in all the different segments of the industry and, and why it's different, whether you're a book printer or a, a commercial printer or a a digital printer, you know, what's different about those different segments. So I think there'll be some great learning opportunities for anybody that uh, can make their way to Columbus in August. Oh, that's awesome. I, I yeah, I mean, um, I I'll be there. Eight, eight megatrends. That's uh, pretty interesting to me. So, and I, like I said, I think your, your perspectives are, is, are fantastic for, for this industry. And, and um, Peter, are you excited about the show? Oh, I can't wait. I think, uh, 
you know, going back a couple of years now where there has not been a show for the industry. And I think everybody misses it. It's a great time to connect with some of your peers and your colleagues and find out what they're up to and share some of the things that you're learning in addition to seeing all the different uh, capabilities that are going to be there. I, I, I can't wait. Yeah, me too. I think it's going to be great. Well, I listen, I, you guys, I, this has been awesome. And uh, I want to keep talking. I mean, cause you guys have really interesting <laughs> perspective. I just, it's, I mean, it's it, right. You think, you think M and A and you think, Oh, these guys are the deal makers. And yeah, obviously there's part of that, but, but it's your insight. I mean, you're obviously looking under the hood. So um you know, I think it's a really, really cool thing for, for people that uh, they get a chance to hear you at the show. So um, I just can't thank you enough for, for taking the time to do this. Well, thank you. We've Thanks, Mark. We appreciate it. Yeah. Great catching up. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jim Russell and Peter Schaefer. My thanks to them. I think you'll find that their insight was pretty pretty fascinating, right? You think these guys are a couple of deal makers and mergers and acquisitions and valuation type guys, and and yet they've seen it all. And and their diagnostic, if you will, of the industry and of what makes successful not only leaders, managers, but businesses overall is pretty pretty great. And I really appreciated them kind of laying that out. I think that uh, I, I clearly would encourage you to, to come to America's Print Show and hear more from them. I think their two presentations that they talked about are going to be excellent. I'll be there because I really do want to hear about the eight megatrends affecting our industry. But again, my thanks to both Jim and, and Peter, and, and uh, I hope you guys will check them out at New Direction Partners. My thanks to America's Print Show. I think this show is going to be fantastic. I'm super excited about it, again, because there's a level of intimacy that they're bringing back to the industry. It's not all about the money or the Benjamins. It's a little bit more about connectivity, continual learning, engaging, and in, in the importance of gathering. So, uh, like I said before, I think you, you can't go wrong by, by uh, going to uh, America's Print Show 2022, August 17th to the 19th in Columbus, Ohio. Go to americasprintshow22.com to learn more. In the meantime, I wish you guys all the best. I know that we are emerging from the last two years and from a lot of the people that I talk to, there is great hope and certainly a lot of pride for sustaining themselves through that. So I, I just feel like the opportunity is there for our industry. So there you guys are truly truly being the buffalo and and uh and i appreciate that so uh until we meet again this has been brushstrokes a podcast powered by canvas magazine and i wish you guys all the best